Welcome friends to the Someone Gets Me podcast. I am your host, Diane Allen, and I am so delighted that you're here. This podcast was created because I believe there is a visionary leader inside each one of us who is waiting to be seen. In each episode of Someone Gets Me, you will hear useful tips from successful visionaries who will share their stories about how being seen has allowed them to take their vision out into the world with action. Bringing your dreams into reality. Hi, everybody. It's Diane, and I have Raven Harris with me, this amazing woman who is so inspirational that just in short conversations with her, I came away with goosebumps like I have them now. That's how excited I am that she's on the show with us, taking her time as Storm Elsa starts heading her way. So if everything works out perfectly, as it did for my Florida friends, this show will come off flawlessly. So Raven, thank you so much for joining us on the Someone Gets Me podcast. And I cannot wait to have everybody hear your wisdom and your graciousness. So thank you for showing up. Thank you. It is an honor to be on your platform, Diane. Ah, it's just so fun. So when we were talking before, um, you mentioned to me about being, I believe it was a CEO of a hospital, and then leaving that whole venue, you were quite young, to follow your dreams. And I would really love to hear a little bit of that backstory. Like we would all love to catch up. Like, first of all, how did you get there? And then what prompted you to leave something that has a lot of prestige and clout and good things in, in the world? Like, what was that about? So if you could give us some backstory, that would be great. Oh, that's so good. So backstory, I am from a small, small rural town in Southwest Georgia. And growing up, I always loved theater, the arts, performing. I just love that it evoked emotion. And one of the things I loved about being on stage is I felt that it was very freeing. For me, I'm uh, an introvert. So I get a lot of my energy and a lot of my uh, recharge by being by myself. But the stage was the one place where in an audience or in a group or performing where I felt like I got a, a rush. And I was just, you know, when I was younger, I just wanted to be an actress. I was like, I'm going to be this, this major actress. I'm going to be a child star. And then the naysayers came in. Then the doubt came in. Then the, it's impossible. I, I now call that like outside noise, but I didn't have the wherewithal to know that's what it was at that time. Right. And the dream kind of faded, kind of faded. And it just seemed like, you know, it, that's all it was, was a dream and something that would just always just only be um, in my thoughts and in my imagination. And I went on to follow a career in healthcare because I was really strong in the math and sciences. And throughout college, I had an amazing mentor who happened to be a podiatrist of all types of uh, specialties who really shared with me, Raven, get an understanding of the business side because healthcare is still a business. And that's where a lot of the independent physicians struggle, or, or sometimes you hear people say mom and pop or private practice to struggle. And we need an understanding of how, how do we build for healthcare? How do we understand how to make sure that we stay in business and we're able to operate 
and have a healthcare um, company. And I ended up after college, dropping the whole pre-med and going to get a master's in healthcare administration. And that really started my healthcare administration and healthcare management um, career trajectory. So fast forward to 2020, everyone's favorite year, right? Filled with so much, uh, so many stories and so many uh, revelations. I, the first Monday in March, I became the interim CEO of a critical illness recovery hospital. And we all know maybe about 10 days later, the entire world imploded and we went on lockdown and it just was, the healthcare system was completely just really unprepared and just taken by, by shock, by storm. And I just remember being in these rooms, walking the hallways, seeing so much fear, chaos, worry. And from the staff, from the patients, the family members calling all hours of the day, all hours of the night because they can't visit. And with seeing so much death and seeing so many patients expire, it really made me start to think about my own mortality. It made me think about, oh, wow, Raven, this, this people are just passing away so quickly, so unexpectedly. And it made me think about too, the late great Dr. Miles Monroe says, the richest place on earth is the cemetery. And that kept just running through my brain. And I just knew, I was like, Raven, that, that burning desire you have to, to be of bigger impact those dreams that you thought had faded that keep coming back up. What are you doing about them? And as you're seeing all these people, their lives change instantly, what if they were you? What if you were lying in these beds and you had all those ideas, all that greatness, all those people you wanted to help impact and influence, they didn't get to hear your voice they didn't get to be blessed by your gifts. And it bothered me. It bothered me and it ate at me. And I really had a point where, and it was a patient, I remember just being in their room and it was because they were the same age as me and seeing them pass away. And it bothered me, it bothered me. And it got to the point where the end of 2020, I said, Raven, the time is now. And it was one of the most challenging decisions and it was filled with fear. You know, people will say, oh, there's no fear. No, there was plenty of fear. Cause as you mentioned, the prestige, the, how you work so hard to accomplish all of this before the age of 30, you know, I, 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 you know, the whole, I've made it success on paper. And, but I knew I had an inner tug that there was something bigger. There was something more and I resigned. Oh, oh my word. Hearing your story again, I'm like, oh my. So I always tell everybody, it, it's like so perfect. I tell all my clients, because I work with people to help them bring their vision into reality, which is very similar to the th things that you're doing, right? And, and I love that you're working with young people because it's so important, right? And I always tell everybody, whatever your calling is, 
it just keeps knocking on the door. It keeps showing up like a bad penny. Like you can think you put that, that serving other people and all that away, but it doesn't go away. It just comes back and it just keeps coming back and tugging at your heartstrings until you finally say yes. And so you're telling that perfect story of like what all my clients go through is that same process of it just keeps coming back. I can't, I can't shake it. Well, because it's for you to do and nobody else. <laughs> and, and you think about how many people are going to miss out. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, that was another thing that kept coming to me of like, it's a service. It's, it's a calling. It's, it's a, it's a tug. And as you said, it won't go away. No, it doesn't go away. And, and it's so neat that you listened so young. You didn't wait, you didn't avoid your whole life and run away your whole life. And now you're 60 or 70 going, why didn't I answer the call? So, you know, I'm really happy that you answered the call so young, but it's so true. It just keeps coming back, keeps coming back, coming back, coming back. And it, and it will keep coming back if you keep trying to distract yourself. So thankfully you said yes in the face of all of this craziness in the world. And so it's terrifying, right? You said it was fearful to make that, like that's a huge leap. And so how did you manage to not overthink your decision? Or if you were overthinking it, what did you do with the overthinking? Because you know, analysis paralysis can get us. So how did you handle that temptation? Ooh, you know, I, I thought about that, that phrase, YOLO, you only live once. And another thing I thought about was, I know that I'm doing meaningful work. I, I, I was doing very impactful and meaningful work in the role that I was in. And if, if I heard wrong, if I was mistaken, I could always go back that that door would never close. But it's an internal thing of not living in what if. Like I I have to pursue this. Even if I fail, I have to pursue this. And I really believe where there's vision, there's also provision. So I I have a, a deep, deep understanding and knowing that I can't fail because what I'm doing, I know, as you mentioned, there are so many people that I meet that are 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s that say, oh, I wish I had the courage to do that. I wish I had the strength to do that. Or I've always wanted to do, to do this. Or I've always had that dream, but they didn't do it. And there's regret. And another thing is that because I was in a critical illness recovery hospital, there was a lot of end of life care. There was a lot of um, terminal patients. There was a lot of terminal weans where we remove all care. And the conversations you, you have with patients and the things that people talk about in those last hours, those last days, or when they see that it's in, I was like, this can't be me. I, I can't, I, I, the, I think that I was given a gift of be, of having a front row seat to seeing people cross over so that when it's my time, I can say, you know what? I live full and I died on empty. Oh, that's really powerful. So what were some of the things that you heard people saying that really tugged on your heart that helped propel you forward? 
I would say having a great support system and my parents saying that we'll support you with whatever decision you make. Um, another person that was a colleague that actually worked for the same organization reminded me that if you don't do what you feel that you need to do, you'll be resentful. You'll resent yourself. Um, and then also to a very close friend when I, when I ran this across them and, and it was only a certain amount of people, maybe five people that knew about this decision. Cause I didn't, I didn't want anyone to really, um, cloud my judgment and my decision-making for something that this was, that was this, this big and pivotal for me, but a very close friend mentioned to me, like, I always knew you were supposed to do something else. I was wondering when you were going to, to recognize it. They're like, yeah, you're, you're great in healthcare. And, and that was another thing that I struggle with too, because oftentimes when we're great at something, we may mix that with being like where we're supposed to be, our, our calling. And for me, I had to recognize that I was great at what I did because of my character, my integrity. I'm going to always do a good job because that's who I am. Right. But that didn't mean that there wasn't something different or more for me. And that also too, that that season, I believe I was supposed to be there in that season. And I heard that from staff members. I heard that from patients. I heard that from family members. I'm so grateful for you. And I'm grateful that I could be of service to them. But I knew that, you know, this season was ending and it was time for a new season. Right, exactly. And it's, it's being willing to be in the flow of that. You know, like I always tell people that there's, we have one calling, but there's many iterations of it. So of course you were in healthcare doing a good job because that's who you are, right? And it gave you all the grist for the mill and the information needed so that you could answer your calling in yet a new and more exciting way that's more aligned for you. Not that healthcare wasn't aligned, but this is more aligned. And then that saying yes to that creates a whole new season of amazement and possibilities and expansion that you could have stayed, you could have played small and stayed in what was familiar and comfortable, but you didn't. You followed and you had faith in that deeper calling. And, so and a thing that I'd like to add is to not discredit which season you're in and find the value in that season. Because I've heard this, this quote before, it may be the thing that leads to the thing. Yes, yes. Uh -huh. yeah. So it, it just, it may be a stepping stone. And also too, it may be the exposure and the experience you needed to be prepared for the next opportunity or for the next obstacle. And one of the things that when we were talking about the storm, I didn't share with you. So I lived in uh, Houston and I was there during Hurricane Harvey. So I had experience with disaster management, emergency preparedness, evacuating hospitals, chaos. Um, I, I worked in the dialysis area. So I knew we lost water in some of our locations. For anyone that knows anything about a dialysis machine, the standard dialysis machine runs off of water. 
So we had to have equipment FedEx by air and overnight train nurses how to use new equipment. And I was like, oh, wow, who would have thought that a pandemic would happen three years later? And I feel that that experience in Hurricane Harvey, knowing how to keep a level head, how to make sure that I lead my team with effective, clear communication, knowing what type of communication lines, channels, as well as just keeping everybody kind of cool, calm, <laughs> collected, and connected. I think that that prepared me when in March 2020, the pandemic happened. Now, they're, they're definitely different, but in terms of chaos, fear, uncertainty, I was right. like, huh, I've had experience with this before. So it didn't shake me, I believe, as much as it may have shaken others. So you just never know how something in life is preparing you for the next obstacle or the next opportunity. But that experience and that exposure is great, great preparation. And it really builds character. And I think that really helped me to be able to navigate in uncertain times. Oh, certainly it did. Wow, I didn't know you were through Hurricane Harvey. <laughs> Whoa, that was a big one. I have a lot of friends in Houston and a lot of people. And, and, and when you learn how to have crisis management, I worked in emergency rooms and did psychiatric triage for a while. And so that prepared me for a lot of different things. And then running substance abuse treatment centers and doing all those. And, and I love what you're saying because it's so true. If we pay attention to wherever we are, it's setting us up for whatever the next thing is. And to take the lessons and take the information with us moving forward is such a payoff, you know? And so you have a level head and you're able to lead these teams. And so I would love to have you share a little bit about how you maintain that level head. Like, what do you do for your own Raven stress management? Like, how does Raven handle this? You know, because um, you have a great presence. You can lead people through crises. And what I know about gifted people is that our, our stuff shows up a little bit later, like, you know, after we handle all the crises. So what do you do to, to take care of yourself in all of this? All that self-care and that personal leadership. What is highly important for me is journaling. I think that people who are high achievers, which are typically the people that are listening to, to podcasts like these, it's often that we just have racing thoughts. You know, we, we want to save the world. We want to accomplish everything. It's like, what do you want? World peace, right? So, and you're just going a, a million miles per hour. And I've had to find a way to settle myself. And journaling has been that for me. And putting it out on paper and just really, you know, better, better out than in to really organize my thoughts. And then remind myself too, um, I'm big on quotes and Marie Forleo says, everything is figureoutable. You can figure this out. People have gotten through this before. And I, I've had to remind myself to, of that in very challenging and difficult situations. Hey, there's nothing new under the sun. Someone has experienced your exact same obstacle before. Success leaves clues. You can figure this out. You can find the right people, find the right resources, find the right books. Don't let this, you know, get to you that badly. But to really center myself, journaling 
as well as quiet time. And depending on your personal and professional responsibilities, that quiet time may be limited, even if it's just 10 minutes daily to just, you know what, I'm just going to let thoughts come in and out. They're not good or bad. They just are just to center yourself. There are no answers in chaos. And I'm finding that so many people don't take the time to just, okay, I'm just going to sit with myself and just relax and do some deep breathing to clear my mind, clear my head and clear my thoughts. And that's where I feel like for me, I get a lot of inspiration. I get a lot of innovation, but just peace and quiet. And that's how I really recharge. Oh, and I forgot to add walking, walking in nature. I come up with the best ideas when I'm walking in nature, just me just hearing the birds chirping I'm like oh that's good oh that's good um so those have been those have been the three things the journaling the quiet time and the walking in nature oh my gosh you just reminded me when you said that about the birds there's so many times where I'm I'm walking in nature or even I'm just sitting outside and hearing all the birds singing and all these ideas it's almost like they come in on the songs of the birds sometimes it's great I love it. And I'm a big one for journaling too in quiet time. So it's like, oh yes, yes. When you're introverted like I am and as introverts, it's important for us to recharge so that we can go do the things out there in the world, you know, that are meant for us to do. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So what's the most memorable food you've ever eaten? So what comes to mind, this is so funny. <laughs> we were on a vacation um, at the LA County Fair. <laughs> And it was just a fluke that we even went to the LA County Fair. One of my friends texted me, she's like, do you know the fair is happening right now? I was like, no. And I was like, I haven't been to the fair in like forever. And I had a cinnamon roll. And this cinnamon roll was the moistest, sweetest. It was warm. It was big. I mean, I remember like me, my mom and my dad, we all split. It was that big. And it just was like, I don't know, it was like heaven. It, it was it was perfect. The insides were all ooey gooey. The outside had a nice browning to it. It was just, it was so unexpected too. I was like, I, I'm eating cinnamon roll. I mean, but this one, oh, this one was like, it was like perfection. I was like, oh, this is, this is good. And we still talk about it. This was about four or five years ago. And my family members, we bring that cinnamon roll up again. Don't know where, who was the vendor, don't know how to get it again, but it was amazing. <laughs> Whoa. Oh my God. I can taste it just listening to you. <laughs> and sometimes those are the most delightful things when you have no expectation for what it's going to be. And then you taste it and it's like, oh, this is like heaven here. <laughs> heaven. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Those are the best. That's why I ask that question a lot, because I always hear the best stories around food. You know, there's always good stories around food and all of that kind of thing. So you love working with young people so that they can bring their dreams into reality, as you say, attach reality to their dreams, which I love that phrase. So share a little bit about how you do that, what that why that even matters to you, that you're helping young people attach reality to their dreams. What, what is that part about? Why it matters to me is because I wish I would have had someone really give me that nudge and say, hey, Raven, why are you doing this? Why are you pursuing this path? Um, 
what are the dreams you had in your formative years? What have you always wanted to do your life? Um, I think so many people, and you're seeing it more and more, um, and I call it people having that quarter life crisis or that 30 year old crisis of like, what am I here for? What's my purpose? How many times do we hear that? You have so many books and movies and uh, purpose coaches. People want to know why I'm here. And I believe it's already been shown to us if we will give ourselves permission to receive that. We often, and this, and I'm speaking just so much from personal experience as well as people that I've had the, the honor to, to work with and talk with, somewhere, somehow, someone told us that our dream was a long shot. It was impossible. It was too hard. Um, it's a one in a million chance. So we let it die, but it didn't die internally. And so many people have given up and they're going through the motions. They're existing and not really living. And there's a Gallup study that came out that said 85% of people dislike their job. Wow. They're just there. They're, you know, it's a paycheck, it pays the bills. And I, and I really believe, and I mean, it's cliche, but it's real. There's more to life than just existing. We wanna have some fun. We wanna, I believe that when you are in your zone, when you are locked in, when you are in your sweet spot, it shows and everyone can feel it and you can feel it. And there's a different level of joy that people have. And what I work with young professionals, millennials, young adults, new and emerging leaders on is going back to that core. What's that inner joy? And it's a process. It's a journey. Because a lot of us have allowed the outside noise to almost kill our dream. So how do we rediscover it? And the different um, trainings that I work with clients on is, you know, what do you love? What, what's your, what are your skill sets? What do you do that you discredit because it comes so naturally to you? Mm, that's a big one. That's a big question right there. And it goes back to what's your why and the what. What's the vehicle? That's another thing. A lot of people have a why, but they don't understand what the vehicle will be to have that, that why come to fruition. What's the what? And it's, it's a process and it's a journey. And we go through different types of trainings to, to really rediscover that. And the biggest thing I've seen, which is, is so interesting to me, is I will see it quickly, but it's not for me to see, it's for them to see, it's for them to arrive at. Because sometimes when someone tells you something, you're like, ah, I don't know, I don't believe that. And it was so, it was so amazing. Just um, Friday, I was talking with a client and she was like, oh, it's this. And she said, but you already knew that, didn't you? And I just nodded. I was like, I was waiting for you. I was waiting for you to join the party of your greatness because I saw it. But we have to give ourselves permission to see it for ourselves and to go after it. Like, let's, let's, let's go. Like, let's take action towards that. 
But that has been the most rewarding thing for me when people are like, oh, oh, it's this. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm already good at it. I'm already great at it. It's something I already enjoy. But it came so, and this is this is my story too. It's something that I just was like, oh yeah, I'm, I talk in front of a crowd. I'm an uplifter, a firmer, encourager. I, I believe my superpower is seeing the greatness in others and then helping them see it. But I, I didn't even think anything of it. And I was like, well, I've been doing that for years. Yeah, so natural. Like, why do we, we would consider it? I love it. <laughs> so everybody, you're listening to Raven Harris. And if you're enjoying what she's saying as much as me, check out the show notes and follow her on social media. Let her know you heard her here. Because everything Raven is saying is bringing me goosebumps after goosebumps after goosebumps. And it's like I'm talking to a younger version of myself who's much more wise than I was when I was young or something like that. I don't really know exactly, but what an inspiration Raven is being. So make sure you follow her on social media and check out the rest of her bio. The name of her company is Activate the Dream. How about that? Activating. I use the word alchemy. It's very, very similar. And I love all of that. So, Raven, do you consider yourself intuitive? I do. Um, I call it my inner guidance. Mm-hmm. And you'll hear people say, you know, their gut. Um, I call them, I get downloads. I was like, I, I, I just got this download. I just got this download. So inner guidance and download. And it goes back to, again, trusting yourself. And that's the transformation that I want everyone to have, like knowing, knowing what's right for you. And, and I feel like there's a level of like comfort and a peace you feel about when you're doing what's right for you. I always say my gut has never lied to me, but I have to choose to listen to it. And you have to be so in sync with self. And that's, that, again, that's a journey. That's a process. We are all evolving and, and you have to daily lean into. And that's why that, that quiet time is so important to be able to, to, trust, to trust you. Like, I got this. I know what's right. I know what's like, what, what, what speaks to you? What lights you up? This is it. This is it. And, and, and knowing that and being confident in that. But it's definitely a daily process. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So totally. I say it all the time, too, that I get downloads. I'll tell my clients, if especially the new ones, I said every once in a while, I'll get a download about you on some other day, like at some random time. And so if you get an email or a text message or a phone call or whatever, then just get used to it. And if one doesn't come, then I don't do that. And so they all they all laugh initially. But then when it comes, they're like so grateful that I said something at the moment. So I think there's a timing of how when we're all connected. You know, do you feel that sometimes with your people you're working with, there's some kind, there's a timing in the connection? I do, I do. And I believe that goes back to seasons. Mm-hmm. And one of the things as I am newer in the formal coaching business, one of the things that I've had to even understand is that I'm in a planting season right now. And knowing which season you're in is very important. And will the harvest come? Absolutely. But I know right now I'm planting and I must continue to water that seed and create ripples. 
right. Keep planting because we're coming into the growing season and we got to water and care for those seeds as they grow in order to harvest. Perfect. I love it. Okay. So is there anything that you wanted to share on this interview before I ask you your last question? Is there anything on your heart that you're like, oh man, I really wanted to talk about this, or I want to tell this story that I didn't ask you about? Because we've covered a lot of bases and you have said so many amazing things. I still have goosebumps from the minute we started talking. This is so exciting for me. So is there anything that's on your heart that you would like to share that I didn't ask you about? Simply thank you. I, I feel blessed to be a blessing. Oh, awesome. So your last question is this. If we were going to have a billboard that the entire world was going to see with Raven Harris's quote on it, what quote would you place on that billboard for everyone to see? You owe you. Oh, I love Period. that. You owe you. Got that, everybody? You owe you. Raven Harris. You see it on the billboard. I see it on the billboard. That is amazing. Oh, thank you for that inspiration. And thank you for sharing so much inspiration with us today. And I know that every young person or every person really that you work with will be so blessed to have you in their life and will show up in your life right on time. I see it happening for you. So it's so exciting. I'm so happy for you. So remember, everybody, thank you, Raven, for being on the show. Thank you. Remember, everybody, keep your face to the sun so the shadows fall behind you because you're a rock star. You're here on purpose with a purpose. And as Raven says, remember, you owe you. Till the next episode of Someone Gets Me, be well. Thank you for listening. I trust you gained some valuable inspiration and information. Please join me and other visionaries in the Someone Gets Me Facebook group. Or for more information on my services and additional episodes, visit someonegetsme.com. Again, thanks for listening.